Good afternoon. I'm Jordan Peoples, and Marvel sucks. <laughs> I'm Cade Weiberg, and no, it doesn't. Look how loud you have to yell. You're just... It, it, one thing is you're on the other side of the room, and I'm not looking at your face today, so I'm looking yeah. at a photo of you. Uh, <laughs> but I think it's mostly the shouting is just from your animosity of not being able to continue with the facade that you hate Marvel 95 episodes in or whatever we're on. We have 95? What is this? What number is this? This is... I have no idea, actually. It's, it's got to be close to 95. Number 93. 93. Shang-Chi. That rhymes, and you know it rhymes. <laughs> That's why we decided to do this many episodes before Shang-Chi came out. Yes. We, we at day one, we, just, we agreed on... At the launch in 2017, in May 2017, we're like, we got to knock out 92 episodes before Shang-Chi comes out in September 2021. Which is pretty uh, prescient because it probably would have come out earlier had there not been a pandemic. Yes. So we so, saw a lot of stuff. This was some 5D chess on our end. Yeah, we were playing five-dimensional chess for sure. My favorite kind. Do you remember when we watched Infinity War together and we played chess on your phone because we got in line three hours early and yeah. you beat me every time? Well, you had the classic opening strategy of move your the pawns in front of your rooks up so you can yeah. bring those rooks out early. Oh, yeah. Which I is love fun. using those rooks. It's fun and as powerful as rooks are. You don't really want them out that early in the game. Who do you put out earlier? Knights and bishops. Oh, the boring pieces? You start, you put some pawns out, then you get your knights out, then you get your bishops out. You castle. Now I, now you're playing some chess. <laughs> so what, uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, like what is your chess level? Like how good do you think you are? I am good for uh, like a, just a regular, like if I'm just playing a person. Mm-hmm. If I'm playing like a chess player, I'm average to bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, on a scale of... You to Queen's Gambit to Bobby Fisher, where do you stack up? Well, Queen's Gambit is kind of like she's kind of a little Bobby Fisher, so she's like world class in that. So they they'd be pretty similar. Do um, you think she's better than Bobby Fisher in the show? I don't think she is. I well, at the end is she the world champ or she just has won a really prestigious tournament? Yeah. I think at the she end. didn't become the world champion. Yeah, um, but she's like I don't know, probably supposed to be rated twenty six hundred or twenty seven hundred. The highest person in the world right now is rated like twenty eight hundred. I what would does be that rated. Mean? What are the, uh, this this ranking system is news to me. What does that twenty eight hundred mean? So it's the Elo ranking system. And if you think that Elo <laughs> is an acronym, you're wrong. It's a guy's name. <laughs> I well oh wow that's very self righteous to name a chess scoring system after yourself. Yeah, um, but that's where, how chess like that's how they match people in chess is based on where does ranking. Elo stack up. Is he a twenty eight hundred? No, I think he was in the like lower two thousands, which is still really mm. good. Like to be like I think the lowest level of a chess master, like a national master or a FIDE master, is uh -huh. like to be twenty two hundred or something like that. I, I don't remember what the exact delineation is. On okay. chess.com, I am like <laughs> uh thirteen to fourteen hundred. It kind of depends. So you're barely halfway there. Yeah, I'm pretty bad. Wow. But I'm also so, like, if I'm going to play chess with someone who's like, oh, yeah, I've played chess. It's like they're going to have a bad time against me. But then <laughs> I'm going to have a bad time against anyone who's like really like studied openings. Like I know the names of some openings. 
Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that's the Roy Lopez, which if anyone listening plays chess, that's like the most common. <laughs> Nobody listening to this plays chess. Well, if they did, they would know that's an incredibly common opening. <laughs> and I know the name of it, but I like I don't understand like the strategy behind it. I don't know why I choose that opening versus another opening. I just know what it's called. Yeah, no, it sounds like you should choose the other opening. Anyway, chess is great. It's a lot of fun, except for when it's agonizing mind torture. <laughs> <laughs> which is me in the theater of Infinity War. Knowing that movie was going to happen was really the only reason that I kept playing you and losing spectacularly. Yeah. Uh, so we're here to talk about a very special uh, property today uh, called Invincible, the Amazon Prime cartoon. You said oh, you watched oh, it. Oh, wow. Yeah, I forgot that that was going to be on our next episode. This is our Invincible episode. Here we go. In addition to Shang-Chi. And in yeah, addition if, we, to... if we get to Shang-Chi, we'll get to it. Oh, did you see Annette, by the way? We had it at the theater. I did not watch it. Okay, I watched Annette. Yeah. That is almost worth you watching just to talk about because it is yeah. really strange. It is an yeah, odd that, film. That's... I heard it was very strange, and the Sparks brother or the yes, band Sparks yes. did the soundtrack. I still haven't seen that documentary, but I that documentary is great. And the end of that documentary is them recording the score for that movie. Oh yeah, okay. So the weirdest thing about the movie is that the score, like the songs, the lyrics to all the songs are just people repeating over and over the thing that they're doing. So it's okay. like. Like, there's one song that's just like, we are so in love. And they just sing that for like four minutes, just repeating, like, we are so in love. And it just goes over and over. That's not the melody of it at all, but that's basically how it goes. (laughs) That is very Sparks, though. Like, and they repeat it and repeat it. And then there's like, like, there's a scene where someone dies and they're like, I'm going to haunt you forever. I'm going to haunt. So everything was just like, do you want to know what's happening? Just like listen for two seconds and the song will tell you exactly how everyone feels at any moment. Oh no, he's that, betraying me. <laughs> it's like that. I mean, that is kind of Sparks' style. It's, yeah. It's very on the nose, but it's, they well, have such a big discography and the music is pretty interesting for the most part. Yeah. And I wouldn't say that's like a ne- necessarily a knock on the net. It's just like a interesting choice. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen any other media like any other musical or even just a movie that was so repetitive in like this is what's happening now like even in a like a really lame blockbuster where they keep it very obvious it's not like there's someone repeating over and over exactly what's happening yeah i so the most interesting part or the best part of the spark the sparks documentary was uh in on their like 40th or 30th anniversary or something they they have at this point they were doing like an album a year so they have like 25 albums over a 30 year span about and they decided to do a residency in England at a small venue like a 1200 person venue and they were going to play each one of their albums every night in full Wow. So and and they got I know I was so enamored by that I had to download their entire discography and they got like session musicians it's just the two brothers but they also have like they have the full band but uh i don't know how many of them have swapped out over the years and they interviewed all of the musicians playing with the brothers and they had six weeks to rehearse for this month-long residency where they basically had to play every single one of their songs yeah and the band just described it as torture practicing they're like yeah it would take like 
all day practice for two to three days to get all of one album and then you have to learn another album and at that point you forget the previous album yeah. because you're learning all these new songs yeah the only way you can know that much material is if you were there the whole time learning it as they wrote yeah. it which, like they uh, did. <laughs> the, yeah, exactly how they did. And the singer just sings. So all he needs to do is memorize words and melodies, which is probably the easiest thing. Whereas yeah. the brother does all of the instrumental writing and stuff like that. Yeah, which like, well, and seems harder to remember. Even my own songs, I, I certainly don't have 25 albums. But every once in a while, I'm, I think about one of my old songs. And I'm like, oh, I'd like to play that. And I'm like, wait, how did I? What is that? Yeah. Mean? Like, I don't even know. <laughs> I, that's why it's important to write these things down, as I'm sure they did. But I would have loved... Oh, see, like, if Green Day did that, oh, man, would I be on cloud nine. Yeah. That is, is just the most impressive feat for any band to accomplish. I watched the um, uh, documentary on the Grateful Dead recently. Uh, the, How was that? It, it's on Amazon Prime, but I think it was originally just, like, a long film, but they cut it up. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. The f- the four-hour-long one? Yeah, except for they, they, it played as a miniseries, basically, on Prime. Oh, okay. Um, and it was Do quite interesting. Like, are you a deadhead now? Uh, I mean, like, I've always, like, liked The Grateful Dead. I still wouldn't say, mm. I like, I love The Grateful Dead. I feel like you kind of sure. have to experience the live show to really love The Grateful Dead. And I'm just yeah. not. <laughs> I can't. I don't see myself doing that. Like, if I had an opportunity, I guess I would. But I also yeah. probably wouldn't go out of my way to make it happen. Sure. If someone had a ticket and was like, let's go. Yeah. Or if they were like passing by Athens, then I'd be like, okay. And you'd go by yourself just to watch the Grateful Dead? Yeah. Hmm. I would, I would not. But I... Like, uh, I like a lot of the songs and I like the kind of, you know, improv stuff they're doing. So, but they're, yeah. they're different because you don't have to remember how to play everything. <laughs> you just have yeah. to remember the, the loop that you do the, while yeah, Jerry's noodles. skeleton. Yeah. I bet... I mean, it's probably harder for... Well, actually, I guess everyone has it equally difficult. Like, the guitarist would... The bass, guitar, and drums, I guess, all have to, like, do... They still have to know the skeleton, and then they can just improvise. Yeah, you can move around it without... As long as the, you know, you hit the, the, like, right chords when you're supposed to. Yeah. I... See, that's my favorite thing about Fish. I... And I do not like any of Fish's music at all. I wish I did. <laughs> but I love the fact that they go to, you know, they do residencies for three nights and they play different songs each night. Like, if a band I liked did that, yeah. that would be amazing. I would be on cloud nine. But unfortunately, all my bands play, like, you know, the same set every night. Even Paul McCartney, when I saw him play for three hours, yeah, like, he, it's the same set every night. And he, I mean, I guess he'll switch out a couple songs, but The problem still. is, once you get, like, a sizable enough discography, you have yeah. so many hits that everyone yep. will feel kind of jilted if they don't get the hits. Like, yeah. you don't want to go see Green Day and they don't play... Uh, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> you don't know a single Green Day hit? <laughs> well, I was trying to think of one that's like indispensable, like, I don't know, Boulevard of Broken Dreams or something. I've heard it all four times I've seen them, okay, so you're so not Okay, so that wrong. one is indispensable. I was trying to <laughs> make a judgment call, like, is Basket Case indispensable? Uh, No, I mean, see, I would love to go to a Green Day concert where I just heard deep cuts, no hits. That would be... Well, but Basket Case isn't a deep cut, is it? No, it's a hit. Yeah. That's why I'm saying that doesn't count. 
Okay, you, that's okay. basically Boulevard. I've heard that four times as well. Okay, that's what I was asking. Is Basket Case one of those? So there it is. Is are, are most of the songs I could list by Green Day? Like Wake Me Up When September Ends, I assume that happens most of the time. Yeah, actually, it's funny you should mention this. So I just saw Green Day at the uh, stadium tour. What about Longview? Longview is the song that they always invite a fan onto the stage to play. Okay. Um, so I have seen Green Day four times now, and I just saw them at the Hell Omega tour. And unfortunately, Fall Out Boy got covid so this like three hundred dollar ticket I bought, I could have gotten cheaper because Fallout Boy wouldn't have been on the bill had I known. Yeah. And they were like offering refunds at the at the gate, and I'm like, I'm not refunding my ticket, like just so just because Fallout Boy is not playing. Yeah. Um, and Weezer was there too, so that was really fun to see Weezer in a stadium. But you know, you pay that much for a ticket, you kind of hope that you get to see all three. Uh, anyway, if, of the if four one times, had to drop out though, that is, you got the best one. Like if Weezer or Green Day had yeah, dropped out, that would have been yeah, worse. Exactly. But I, so I was debating, would I have rather Weezer or Fallout Boy dropped out? Cause I like Weezer more, but I have never seen Fallout Boy. Mm. So that was kind of the trade off. And I've seen Weezer three times now yeah. or four times, maybe four, two. No, th- I think that was my third. Uh, anyway, these are the songs that I have heard at all four Green Day shows. These are the non-disposable ones. Are you ready? Yes. Know Your Enemy. Also, once I get... <laughs> I like how we introduced <laughs> this as, so Jordan watched Invincible. <laughs> okay, <Yeah>. bye. Let <laughs> <laughs> me just talk about Sparks. <laughs> okay, go on. Uh, know Your Enemy. Holiday. Yeah. St. Jimmy. I don't know St. Jimmy. Of... Oh, it's on American Idiot. It's great. Hmm. Uh, Boulevard of Broken Dreams. When I Come Around, mm-hmm. Longview, Basket Case, She, Don't know she. Minority, American Idiot, Jesus of Suburbia, and th- those are, that's the force. Okay. That's all the force. Um, so that is... Is there any song they've only played once? Or are most of the other songs that, they've on- they, that are not on that list, do those rotate so, a lot more? They have about 200 studio songs, and on this list, I have 56 songs. So okay. there's a good handful of songs I have never heard them play that I would really love them to hear them play. And they did. Like, the first time I saw them, it was a lot like a Grateful Dead or Fish show, because he was drinking a lot, and the band was, I guess they all were, but he eventually sobered up, and now they have the same set every night since they sobered up, mm. or since he sobered up. Uh, and before that, he was drinking 17 beers on stage, and he would just take whatever fan suggested a song and play that. Wow. And it was really great, and that was the best show I've ever seen, but since then, it has not quite lived up. That's that's a hard uh, that's a hard habit to keep up at his age. Uh, oh, it's, yeah, especially, he's almost 50, yeah. if not 50, which, uh, which, and... Also, Good Riddance, Time of Your Life, you'd think that would be there every time, but on the Sobered Up tour, he did not come out for the encore with that, which he has done since 1997, except for that one tour. That is not a big loss. Oh, it's you, there's nothing like finishing out a Green Day show with everyone singing Good Riddance. Yeah. <laughs> what You know what I would say once that was removed from the set list? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to have the time of my life? <laughs> yeah, Good Riddance. <laughs> uh, also, at all of their shows, 
right before they come on stage, they play Bohemian Rhapsody over the speakers in its entirety. Mm -hmm. And that is, and all the fans know it's coming. And it's just so fun to hear everyone sing all of Bohemian Rhapsody, especially in a stadium this Mm -hmm. time. Like there were 40,000 people singing Bohemian Rhapsody. It was awesome, especially after a year and a half of not seeing music. And the last venue that I was at that was close to that size was when we saw Kiss in February 2020. Wow. Uh, That was was right before. That was, yep, that was half the size of this venue. Wow, and that was like we knew COVID existed. But it's like, yep. is that going to come to America? Will it be a big deal here? Yeah. It's, it's China's freaking out. Yep, and we are. Uh, it's in Italy pretty are. bad. <laughs> here we are uh, talking cyber or talking over screens uh, a year and a half later. Yeah. So that's Not, partially n- which due. has nothing to do with distance. Yeah, partially due to the 500 miles. <laughs> Uh, all right, I'm dying to hear what you thought of Invincible. Let's unpack this. Uh, yeah. So where do you want to start? I mean, like, do you want to give your review, or do you just of Invincible? Yeah. I loved it. it. It's basically the boys meets like a cartoon version of Justice League, and I was not. Everyone was recommending it to me and telling me it was like the boys, and I watched like the first thirty minutes of the first episode, and I'm like, this is kind of really boring. And then <laughs> you my my friend, yeah. Well, my friend told me, like, it's the last 10 minutes of the first episode, you'll be hooked. And then yeah. certainly, it's really the last 10 minutes of the first episode, you are hooked. But yeah. up until that point, it's it's kind of weird. It just felt like watching Saturday morning cartoons. And right. I was, I was like, this is not special. But that ending is so crazy. Yeah, um, so I... It was interesting, because I, I tried to watch The Boys... And I yeah. did not really like it was fine. I think I watched the first episode and a half or something. Okay. And I was just like, I don't know. It didn't pull me in or whatever. And so then I watched this and this uh-huh. did pull me in. Like it can, it was kind of the last 10 minutes of the first episode. Like I was yeah. enjoying it up to that point, but it, this was right after we talked about 2d animation on the podcast. Cause I, yeah. I, was, I was complaining about Marvel's what if I didn't like that yeah. animation. So this, I was just enjoying cause it for like, because it felt like a Saturday morning cartoon. I like okay. that. And so then you get to that end twist and it's like, that's fun because when you're just doing the sun plot lines, it stays yeah. kind of Saturday morning cartoon. And then it just yeah. shifts back hard whenever you go to the father plot line. So you kind of get the best of both of them. Um, that is, that is true. I, I'll, I'll it, just, yeah, my, my review, quickly it's just that i enjoyed it a lot because of that um i like a good and, 2d animated program and, and you're they've renewed it for seasons two and three are you going to watch all of the content that they put out yeah yeah no i can't imagine why i wouldn't and also one of the things i like is the strange superhero powers yeah like you get a, a little weird bit more group variety. of people um it's not yeah. quite uh my hero academia level which is like an anime version of this kind of yeah it's basically because this is this is like a world where there's a lot more superheroes. Yes, that that is that even further. I think in True. My Hero Academia, Academia it's like eighty uh, percent of the population has superpowers, but you, they're kind of grouped into tiers based on how good their superpowers are. Because some people have really lame superpowers, <laughs> like I can make things float slowly toward me. Like I can't move okay. them quick, hey. but they're like slowly toward me. I mean, hey, you if you don't want to get up and you want like a bowl of nachos on the other side yeah, of the room. Yeah, it's handy. But it also <laughs> doesn't stop many crimes. No, I mean I but I I mean unless you're like talking having a monologue with a burglar and you have a knife coming at him slowly and you just need to distract him. Or like 
it'd be interesting. I could see a way that that power could work if it doesn't matter the size of the object. Like if you could move a building slowly towards you. Now that's a pretty good power. <laughs> that is pretty godlike. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this had more creative powers than I would say. Like it's not your standard superhero fare. Like no. I'm very fast. Although there are very fast people, but that's there, yes, happen. that does exist. But there's also more interesting things in addition to those. Like those two yeah. clony guys who always forget which one cloned the other. Which I guess yeah. that's not a superpower, but that's just a thing they do. <laughs> <laughs> That and, um, like, Monster Girl, who, like, ages every time. De-ages, or yeah. De-ages, yeah. That's pretty interesting. Um, yeah, there's... I mean, and J.K. Simmons as the lead, like, was so good. Yeah. I, I thought that was a great choice. No, that, and, the design of that guy, of yeah. Omni-Man, is so intimidating. Yeah. That mustache, the yeah. distinguished gray sides. Like, he just seems so invincible. Yeah. I. Hey, that's the title of the show. <laughs> I know, and he's also what that's not him. That's yeah. His boy. And that last episode is just basically like a thirty minute fight between him and his son. Mm. And it's uh it's pretty wild. A little I'm like this cu- movie we're about to talk about. Yeah. Uh first, before we do, did you watch either Green Knight or Pig? I watched neither. Oh yes. Okay. Um uh, I can't well, remember what I I think I ended up watching Invincible instead. Okay. Well, I mean, that's not because that was easier. Time. <laughs> sure. I didn't have to that's go fair. anywhere. Um. So, Shang Chi. Uh, it made eight. This is Friday. This is the opening day of Shang Chi. I watched it on Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, with three other, three of my coworkers, and I had a blast. And then last night. I watched it with a full theater crowd, and I had a couple friends join me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second time after knowing everything, like I, I was the best group of college age guys was behind me, and they were like reacting to the movie perfectly. Yeah, and it was so, especially like the post creds, which I don't want to spoil, but uh, there's some pretty cool people who show up in those post credit <laughs> scenes. Uh, and they were just like, no way. And then what if like, I told in, you right in, now that I didn't stay for the post credits? I just left. Oh my God. I did forgot. You really? No, I'm just kidding. I did. <laughs> oh, I was, I was about to say, Jesus, how many movies have you been through? Uh, that'd just be so funny. It's like, oh yeah, I forgot Marvel does that. Dang. <laughs> and see, I'm not looking at your face, so I couldn't tell if you were serious. Like I can usually pick apart your, your lying face. Um, wow. That's wild. So. A little backstory about this movie also. Wait, what's your review can... of it? Or is this oh, part well, of this? Well, this is that's part of this. I'm segueing into my review. Uh, but I had a great two viewings of it. Um, I'm curious about how the box office does because this performance, the performance of this movie is going to determine whether or not Eternals and Spider-Man No Way Home. Right. Oh, we haven't talked about the No Way Home trailer. We sh- maybe should do that at some point. Yeah. Uh but that was really, really good. Uh, basically, if this movie doesn't make as much money as they want it to, uh, they'll push those back, probably. My theater uh, was pretty packed. Was Well, I mean, you live in Georgia. Yeah. And my theater was also pretty packed. But here's the kicker. This movie has no release date in China right now. Mm. Because, apparently from what I read, and I don't know how true this is... Uh, the Chinese government does not want to air it because it is not 
as honest to the source material, the original comic book rendition, as it could be. Which, to my understanding, they changed the character of the Mandarin from the original comics because it was super racist and it would not hold up 50 years later. Hmm. Uh, And I don't know if China has a problem with if they change something else about the character. Uh, But the... uh, just for a uh, an example, Endgame made twenty percent of its two point seven billion dollars from China. Right. So that could affect this pretty. Drastically. I wonder if uh, China has any concerns about like Western movies appealing to Chinese audiences, dampening yeah. the enthusiasm for Chinese made media. Yeah, and that's and really what's I- driving this decision. And that's, it's possible. I've read multiple articles from like Asian Americans who said like, we feel represented kind of deal. Like it's, and I thought it was great. I I was so immersed in this movie and culturally it was interesting. Like I just learned a lot. Yeah, I I had a great time. So what I think Um, about this movie just really, or uh, as a touchstone to the other Marvel movies is I think this is most similar to uh, uh, Black Panther and Thor Dark World. Which I feel like is a weirder one. But the reason I say that is because all all these movies have, like, you have your superhero who comes out of whatever this culture is. But then you also have this heightened version of their mythology that takes place in, like, either a parallel world or in a hidden city or on another planet. But, like, for Thor, it's, like, Viking mythology, Norse mythology. Uh, uh, Obviously, Black Panther is, like, uh, African mythology, and then this is Chinese mythology, each played yep. in this their kind of comic booky forms. So I think they're yep. all kind of similar in that way. And like mm-hmm. they both, uh, I'm trying to think how Thor Dark World starts. I mean, I know it has um, that weird prologue part, but is there any the stuff before then? It's um, the rain. Uh, Jane Foster uh, like starts throwing her keys and her shoes and stuff into yeah. that wormhole. Well, I was just going to say, like, it, it has some Earth elements that then go on to just be, like, 100% fantasy elements, which happened yeah. in those, kind of. Um, but anyway, that's why I thought those three are similar. Yeah, I, I the Thor Dark World uh, argument is pretty interesting. Because that doesn't really happen in the first Thor. They don't go that much in Asgardian stuff. Like, you're not on Asgard for nearly as long as you are in Dark World. Uh, yeah, because he is cast away from... Um, you know the, that land yeah. from Asgard. Um, so my review. To, oh, and also the box office. Uh, last night was opening night. I assume this is gonna do pretty well because it's Labor Day. I mean, it's not the ideal like summertime kind of to see a movie. Um, so the box office will probably be hit by that. Black Widow made thirteen point two million on its Thursday night opening, and Shang Chi made. Three or sorry, eight point eight. Really less. Five million less. Okay. But I, I think I, I mean I guess this has less name recognition and stuff. I think this is also going to have more legs than Black Widow because I think a lot of people saw Black Widow and you got all the Marvel fans who saw it, yeah. but then it didn't keep having people kind of go back to the theaters. It wasn't that good. What did I give it? Did I give it a three and a half or a four? I think you gave. We it both a gave four. it a four. We gave it the same. Did you do you have your list? I was about to ask you about that. I don't have it up, but I can bring it up. I will but say, have, not to spoil my rating, but this will be higher than Black Widow. I think this is a better I, movie. So, 
I also say it's uh, better than Black Widow. Oh, you shared the re-rank list with me. Okay. Fantastic. Okay, so yeah, you gave we both gave Black Widow Force. That's interesting. Yeah, we agreed. No, I, that's huh. that was my memories that we gave it the same thing. Okay, um, and we should add the TV shows to this whenever we figure that out. Yeah, <laughs> this, we're just rehashing the end of the Black Widow podcast <laughs> at this point. Um, this so on my ranking first night. Um, here we go. I I. Added added it to my uh, my overall Marvel list of a definitive ranking of the MCU, and I will say I rewatched WandaVision recently, and that is now my number seven MCU property above Thor Ragnarok. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, mostly because of that last the episode where she's going through her childhood and watching the TV and stuff. That just has so much heart to it, and. I don't know. I re- and there's a Malcolm in the Middle episode of a Marvel <laughs> property, and it works so well. That's insane that that exists. Yeah. Uh, so this is sitting at number 19 for me, behind Avengers Age of Ultron and in front of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Uh, it could surpass Age of Ultron, perhaps one day, but uh, right now I am uh, bigger on that movie, uh, maybe when I rewatch these down the line. Yes, correct. Interesting. I also, I like this more than I like Age of Ultron, but that's not surprising because I didn't like Age of Ultron. That is not surprising. That is not surprising. Yeah, you gave it a 2.5 and I gave it a 5.25. Yeah, so there's a lot of things. Even if you didn't know anything about my take, I think that you could guess that I would like this more. One, it's a standalone movie, so you don't have to deal with all those ensemble elements. Oh, I love the ensemble elements. It's... Like introducing a character, which I feel like I kind of have a slightly higher rank for most of the intro ones, like Doctor Strange or Black Panther. Yeah, I like. I tend yeah. to like those or Homecoming. Yeah, true. Uh, the one-offs. Yeah, the origin stories. So this one definitely feels like this is going to be like the start of a new trilogy. Do you think that's true? I I mean, at this point, all of these movies are going to be. It's it's totally going to be how they perform at the box office, which is now it's weird because. If it's a weird time to be performing well at the box office, yeah. but if a movie does well, like for example, Falcon Winter Soldier got the viewers that they wanted, and immediately they greenlit Captain America Four. Mm-hmm. So now we're getting a Captain America Four movie. So if this does well, and it will definitely get a sequel. If not, they will utilize him like in the Avengers, or kind of maybe do a Thor Ragnarok where it's a partnership movie or where you he's could like get, the co co lead. Or you could make it a show, like at at the lowest. Yeah. Yeah, yes, at the lowest he gets his own show. Yeah. But I I think this was like a very colorful world. I don't think maybe it's just small it's seemingly smaller like that whole village in the middle of the the maze uh just seems like it's much smaller than something like Wakanda where it seems like Wakanda has so much to explore and offer TV-wise. Well, yeah, no, well so during one of the scenes they were talking about their old cities but maybe they were destroyed by the dragon yeah is cuz they they were that's... talking about like they used to be more prosperous yeah um, and then they retreated to like the woods or whatever yeah yeah but i think there's probably um, still more to explore in this village world cuz it's i think going through the um maze put them into it's like a parallel universe or something right like it's not yeah, it's not kind on of. earth I don't think. Uh, 
I think it is kind of like Wakanda is. Like, it's hidden from the rest of the Earth. Except for it's but... hidden by magic instead of science. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, it kind of like Thor Dark World, like, you know, when she was talking in that cave that was technically on Earth, but it was, like, she was in another dimension. Or she was communicating with Earth through, the like, a pocket dimension mm. kind of deal. All right, well, we got to do our rundown. Oh, wait, right, do you say what I'm you, gonna, you said? Well, you said where it was on your ranking, but you didn't give it how many out of I know, six. I'm going to okay. give it a review, and I'm currently looking at the re-rank to see what I want to give it. Uh, so, God, Age of Ultron is so high on this list. Uh, I When we do a re-re-rank, Age of Ultron is going to lose some points. Uh, although, so, yeah, because I like Doctor Strange more than Age of Ultron now. But, God, I do love a good ensemble movie. They're my favorite. Um, all right, so... I am going to give this. Uh, I give Iron Man a. I'm going to give this a four point seven five. Interesting. That that is going to be my ranking. Um, I ooh, are you going to like it more than me? I don't know if I can let that happen. Uh, I, I don't think I'll end up rating it higher than that, but it'll. That's not far. Oh. I'll say. Yeah. Okay. So. See, I gave Iron Man... Yeah, this re-rank's throwing me off. I can't acknowledge... We already need to do a re-re-rank. Uh, <laughs> Maybe I, that's like an annual episode. It has to be at this point, because I rewatch these things every year, in my opinion. Like, they shift around, for yeah. sure. And I have done so we, some well, rewatching here and there, so... Yeah, I just rewatched all the TV shows. Loki's so good. <laughs> um, yeah, I, right, I do so need I'm, to add... That, that is a, a reason enough to do a re-rank, is to incorporate them into the list. Yeah. All right. I'm going to give this because I gave it four out of five stars on my letterbox. I'm going to give this 4.75 out of six Avengers. That's relatively close. Um, I have written it in. It is canon. And now we can go on through the movie. Are you ready? Yeah, I, I'm looking. Sorry, I was looking at the re-rank and there's some stuff I would change, too. Like, for instance, I yeah. gave Dark World a 2.5, <laughs> which I absolutely would not do right now. Yeah, Dark World is much See, three points. I gave it 3.75. I think that's much more deserved. Yeah, I think that's not unreasonable. I think I actually might yeah. lower Guardians of the Galaxy a little bit. I'm Guardians 1 is going to stay the same. Guardians 2 is weaker every time I watch it. Yeah. So that one might It's It's drop. still got that great uh, Brandy moment. It'll, it'll never oh, lose that. Honestly, honestly, yeah, that's true. If it didn't have Brandy, like... That movie is so much lower on my ranking. Yeah. It's crazy how much one song can save an entire movie. <laughs> um, do you want to do the walkthrough? Yeah, let's, let's go. And then and then we'll schedule our, uh, our re-re-rank at some point. Mm -hmm. Maybe before the Know It Dussies or before the Christmas episode. Oh, we have so many annual events. It's so great. Um, all right. So this movie starts with When Wu who is the name of the real Mandarin um, or who Ben Kingsley based uh, the Mandarin off of. Yeah. Um, he's basically, let's just call him the 10 rings guy, right? 10 rings. Yeah, sure. Leader of the 10 rings. Um, he inherited these 10 rings thousands of years ago and has basically been in charge of winning a lot of serious historical battles. Was he Genghis Khan? Did he mention he was Genghis Khan? Oh, I did not pick on pick that up if he did. I mean, I saw him doing a lot of conquering. Yeah, he said something like when in, during the dinner scene, he said something like I don't know if he said Khan the conqueror. Mm. I don't know. Uh 
I don't know if he was hinting that he was Genghis Khan. Yeah. Or if he assisted Genghis Khan. But anyway, he was a big-time fighting force. Also, so this opening sequence, you get to see how powerful the Ten Rings are. How great were those Ten Rings, this whole movie? Yeah, it is a pretty cool weapon slash prop. Because it's very unlike any other weapon that exists in the MCU. Yeah. It's it's exactly. not a hammer or anything. And it's also <laughs> not just a like a amorphous kind of laser force or whatever. Though it does yeah. kind of function a little like that, like just force, but you still have like these objects that are uh the yes. locus of that force. Yes. I mean and you can do stuff like he at one point uses them in stepping stones. They're just a lot more versatile. I also really like that part where uh the dad is punching the the gate. And he switches them all to one hand to do a punch. Oh, I just yes. thought that's cool yeah, how yeah. you could like you could invest it all in one side or something. Yeah, very very cool weapon. And originally in the comic books, the ten rings are actually like rings that go around your fingers. Yeah, less interesting. But they decided not to do it because Infinity War just came out, and there's like, oh, we already have like a gauntlet, like a glove. So let's let's try and distance that and make it not a powerful fist thing again. Yeah, I what if which what if this worked well? Uh, in the future, Aquafina's character and the main guy get married, and she uh-huh. gives he gives her one of the rings, and so then he has nine rings and she has one. <laughs> As like a proposal, yeah. Do and that would you, give I her guess... some like light light powers. What do you think one ring would do? Like, because no the, most we, the, <laughs> this the is... least we saw was five, and five seemed to do. I guess, I mean, they always had five when they were doing something yeah. powerful. I don't know. You he could give an least... excuse like he powers up in some other way. Yeah, I guess maybe it'll like make your hair grow faster or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> or you just turn uh, invisible maybe... like Lord of the Rings. Yeah, uh, could be interesting. Um, so he ends up in Taolo trying to kill who is soon his wife. Um, and they end up boning. Mm-hmm. Uh, way to go, Disney. And uh, they give birth, or she gives birth to Shang-Chi, mm-hmm. Shang-Chi and uh, his sister, um, whose name is slipping my mind. Zaling. Zaling, I think. Okay. Something like that. I don't know if I might be butchering that pronunciation. Yeah, that's probably going to um, be a lot of that coming up. But I'm probably just going to say, like, <laughs> Shang-Chi, his sister... Aquafina, yeah. his mom and his dad. <laughs> is is Katie too hard to pronounce? Oh yeah, Katie. Well, I just know her as Aquafina because she's been on SNL I, and stuff. I suppose so. Um, she usually annoys me in most things, yeah. uh, but she was pretty good in this. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind Although of like I, her vibe is a little bit little sistery, which is kind of her yeah. role because they weren't oh. explicitly romantic, but it, they left the door open that they could be romantic. Yeah, and that was kind of clever that i mean it's it's not like thor and jane like phase one all avengers need to be in love with someone yeah. and it's like even if you're bruce lo- banner <laughs> it's also like this love spans the universe we'll never forget this and it's like oh we didn't get her back so uh that's over now <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's much lower stakes yeah um so he uh and then it immediately kicks off um to San Francisco, where Shanxi and Katie are uh, valets. Um, oh, and then he like does the exercise move and or the the montage in his apartment. Um, and I guess the first interesting thing to happen uh, is the bus fight. Yeah, 
But although, what what did you think of the dialogue with the other couple? Okay, like, so in the bar? I thought until the bus fight. Yeah. I didn't think many of the jokes landed. I, I was starting to get a little like, how good is this movie going to be? Like, because I yeah. thought the opening um, onslaught of lore was yeah. pretty good, but it wasn't as good as like Black Panther. Sure. I thought Black Panther That's had fair. a better, like with the, when everything was like that sand, you know, from like the, yes. Whatever. I don't know. I just thought that was like a cooler intro. This, I didn't think yeah. was quite as cool, though the cor- fight choreography which this will be a theme through the whole thing, was amazing. Yeah. Um, oh, so, so good. Um, but so once good. you got to the bus and there was that streamer guy, I thought that joke was pretty good where he's just like, like you know, hey, oh, what yeah. up, my boys? That's, that's when, like, that's the first time that the theater that I was in, like, actually yeah. had, like, a big laugh. He is in, um, he's in Homecoming. He says Spider-Man do a flip. Okay. So he's a, he's a recurring character in the MCU. Yeah, he's a recurring character. And it's weird that he ended up in San Francisco, but sure. Yeah. Like, why not? Um, so I liked seeing him again. That was funny. I actually, last night I missed the first 20 minutes, so I forgot that he was there at the bus fight, but that was really great. Um, so, yeah, the, I just, when they were talking to that couple, I don't know. It seemed, I don't know if it, the dialogue just wasn't written. I was honestly pinning it all on Aquafina because I was like, I don't like her. Any qualms I have with this movie are going to be on her. Yeah. Like, no, it just it felt she, like a little. And then they did their karaoke thing. And I'm like, that's kind of see, funny. Oh, I loved I loved the karaoke. Well, I, I just felt like it hadn't like I didn't like the characters enough yet for that to really land for me. But then we got to the bus thing. And not only do you have that like a good joke that finally gets me like into it humor wise, yeah. but that fight is just awesome. Like yes, th- that fight is. and the scaffolding fight that we're going to get to not too long. So cool. Those were yeah. like, I mean, cause I'm not normally an action guy, but I think both of those fights were some of the coolest that yeah. I've seen in a long time in the MCU. Cause the problem is when you get an ensemble movie, it's basically just like snippets of different yeah. heroes doing one thing because oh, you don't have time God, to do anything love more the than snippets. that. Um, I but, love the snippets of different heroes doing one thing. But this, you get that, you get enough time to like really build out a thing. You get to like explore whatever the environment they're fighting in. Like they fought in the bus, like he's inside the bus, he's outside the bus. It has that cool bend in it. The brakes are cut. So there's so many different interesting elements that are happening throughout that yeah. fight. And, and you already set Aquafina all... up as a good driver. So it makes sense that she's not immediately crashing the bus and killing everyone once she gets yes. in control. Like, yeah, uh, I don't know. I was very impressed by that bus scene. I was like, okay, this is going to be good. Like, I was like, once that happened, I was pretty confident that I was going to enjoy the rest of the movie. Yeah. Uh, I don't, so I think at this point, like, the cringiest joke in the MCU is in Age of Ultron when Iron Man and Thor are talking about their girlfriends and uh, raiding them and then uh, Robin Scherbatsky, Maria Hill. Uh, coughs and says testosterone. <laughs> I think that is the most cringy. But then this one had, I, I, I guess I just don't really like Aquafina. Uh, <laughs> but like the when they're on the plane and she's like, that's like changing the name Michael to Michael. Like that's so dumb. Yeah. Like that. That really was that supposed to be funny? Like yeah. I now she's got like this did, kind of uh, exuberance to her. That I find endearing, yeah. but also not particularly funny. I think you really hit the nail on the head with like little sister vibes. Yes. Like 
that's that's really that you have diagnosed my my qualms. Yeah. Uh, I, I I'd say but, overall I do like her, but you're right. I don't find her like she's not cracking me up. So yeah, no, and in this she was quite good. Like I liked her as a character in this movie, but yes, overall I find her more annoying than not annoying usually. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and you kind of get thrown into the action with this too, which is I'm fine with. I don't know if you have any qualms with all of a sudden he's like, oh yeah, by the way, I know martial arts, and my father is. Uh, the Mandarin. I thought whatever. they did a pretty good job doling that out. Um, okay. Just because it would have been a lot to get like at the beginning of the movie. It's like you couldn't have added any more flashback to the beginning. So then you just kind of yeah. like, let's just let the movie start happening. And when we have to, we'll go backwards. Yeah. I really loved the dispensing of flashbacks when they were important to the plot. Mm-hmm. That is something the MCU does not do usually. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing, and I want to pick your brain on this. So you mentioned the opening sequence was really cool, and Black Panther's opening sequence was really cool. But the difference is Black Panther's comes before the Marvel comic title crawl with all the the heroes doing the stuff, which I think really sets a tone because immediately, like right after the previews of the theater, you get the Marvel title crawl and you launch right into the movie. I think the flashback, like I know it's kind of long, so that might be why they didn't yeah. do it. Like it is 10 minutes of backstory. But I think like, you do that, and then you go to San Francisco. Like, you put the title crawl in between yeah. the origin. Uh, but that's just me. Yeah, I don't know if there's any way they could have split that up, too. Because you could almost done one flashback that his dad is a conqueror, and then the second flashback, yeah. he meets the mom. And those are just two separate things. But I don't know what scene you would put between them. Yeah, I guess. But they don't really have I to mean, be back-to-back. No. They don't, but I, I, I guess it makes sense. But that definitely, I, I totally agree Black Panther is way better, but I also think that that is just because that is, like, such a strong opening. And then and then the movie starts, you mm. know? Like, uh, it's it's like a fun prologue kind of deal. Mm. Um, so we both love the bus fight, uh, and then they go to an underground fight club, which you were predicting that you would like because your favorite episode of Spartacus is the Underground Fight Club. Yeah, and this was okay because we actually don't get to see a cool fight. I mean, we get to see that the end of that Wu or Wong. Wong, yeah. Wong, and Wong and Tim Roth abomination is oh, back. Oh, that was abomination. Yes, that was Tim Roth himself. Wow. Okay. I but so we get that little snippet, but that's really short. We don't actually get that much of that. And then we then we just see him fight his sister, which is just kind of like, well, he's going to get his butt kicked because this is the introduction to his sister. So she's got to look cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there was also some fun MCU like Easter eggs. Like uh, you see one of the guys um, from Iron Man 3 yeah, who yeah. get really hot and explode. Yeah. They were fighting. Uh, and then I really like that joke like, hey, I love your knife face or whatever. And he's like, thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was funny. Um, yeah, and then Wong fighting Abomination. I almost wish, like, I, I know you needed to put that in the trailer to get me super hyped for it. But if I, I went in blind to that, I would have been so stoked. Mm-hmm. Kind of like I was for the post credit scene. Yeah. Um, but what it, my big question now, This is, what is Wong doing with Abomination? What is the story there? Yeah. Do you think that will happen? I mean, they're hanging out like they walked off in the portal together. Yeah. Like, what's what's the goal? What what's yeah, what's Wong happening? Yeah, Wong seems to be up to something. He's got a lot of lot of stuff in the air in this one. Yeah, like, his he's... presence all over this raises more questions than it answers. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess he's kind of like Doctor Strange's partner. Like, he's just doing, you know, co-defender of the Sanctum. But he's also having fun in a fight club, which feels like something that Doctor Strange wouldn't be super fond of. Like, it sounds a little frivolous for the... Yeah, that doesn't seem... Even though Doctor Strange, like, is totally... Especially OG Doctor Strange is, like, super arrogant. And he's like, I can do whatever I want kind of deal. But he's never seemed like a fighter in that regard. Um, yeah, uh, but I love, I love that cameo and then that leads to the scaffolding fight, which there was a really great shot. Um, it was the dumb joke when she sang Hotel California at the enemy and he still attacks Mm -hmm. her, but, but then it's revealed like that was shot in a mirror and the mirror breaks and then you see it, the camera pans over to them. I thought that was super cool. Um, there were a lot of really good mirror shots in this, like action happening in a mirror and then the mirror breaks. Mm. I thought that was such a cool effect. Um, so the scaffolding fight was amazing. And then they are whisked away to, um, the 10 rings compound. Yeah. And the father reveals that their mother is still alive. And we get that cool uh, water in, CGI effect. In Taolo. Yes, that was pretty cool. Saw that in the trailer, but still pretty cool. We also get doled out, um, as this is happening, some backstory of his childhood growing up after his mom died. Um, yes. Where he's trained to be an assassin. And his sister isn't trained to be an assassin. It's funny. He's trained to be an assassin, and he hates it. And she's not being trained to be an assassin, and she hates it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, very interesting. I, I thought, like, the family dynamic in this movie was really good. Yeah. Like, I... It's kind of... I'm trying to think of an MCU movie that did, like, a family dynamic. Like, a father, son, mother, daughter. Like, all four families. Or all four members of a... I don't... Is there a name for that? Just, like, a default Nuclear family? family? Like, no, nuclear family means you don't have uncles and aunts. Well, nuclear family is still, like, the mom, dad, and kids... I'm pretty sure it means that you don't have uncle aunts or uncles. <laughs> I don't. But, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, well, we'll agree to disagree. <laughs> and by that, I mean I'm looking it up. Like I would say, the Simpsons are an example of a nuclear family. No, because they have because the dad works a couple, at a nuclear okay, power a couple plant. and their dependent children regarded as a basic social unit. Yeah. Uh. Okay, but I think that also implies that uh, they don't have aunts or uncles. That's just <laughs> I the mean, immediate. Family. I mean, you wouldn't refer to aunts and uncles when saying nuclear family. Well, yeah, because they're not part of the nuclear. They're far, family. part of the extended family. I suppose so. Yeah, but uh, I feel like I won that one. All right, let's <laughs> yeah. go on to the next one. <laughs> uh, but the uh, I don't know. It's interesting because. I was expecting something to have turned the dad evil, but I guess the dad just is evil. He's always been evil, but the mother's not evil. And the mother was such a profound influence on him that he stopped him, her from being evil for a time or stopped him from being evil for a time. And then as soon as she's gone, he's just like, well, I guess I'm an evil conqueror again. Yeah. Which I, I really like that dynamic. Like he's not truly, I mean, he has this redeemable factor. Like he fell in love and he's like, I can be good. And then, the love goes away. He's like, no, I am always meant to be bad. Yeah, back to my old that's, habit. <laughs> I'm yeah, back on my bullshit. Of... It's only been 10 years. <laughs> like, he's lived for a thousand years. He lives 10 years being good. And he's like, okay, well, <laughs> if she's gone, I'm I, back to the other 990 years. I guess, wow, I guess, yes, they weren't. Oh, well, maybe it was like, yeah, 10 years. Wow. That's, uh, 
That seems like a lot longer. I guess when every day is bliss, yeah. uh, you, it just lasts longer. But yeah, he, good thing he kept those rings. Um, so, uh, alright, so at this point, we end up in the basement with my favorite character of the movie, mm-hmm. Mr. Trevor Slattery comes back. Yeah. From Iron Man 3. This is such a uh, this he, is such a Marvel grab bag move. I know. I love like, it. Like I they they I feel like they were in the writers room and they're just like, "Well, we the Mandarin's been in the movies before, like a fake Mandarin. We got to bring him in." And it's like, "Well, how can we do that?" Well, maybe we'll just yeah. kind of have him be like a moron who trips his way <laughs> into being helpful cuz he's like maybe yeah. the most invincible <laughs> character in the MCU right now. <laughs> like I can't imagine something that uh, yeah. could kill him cuz he'd just be like no, wait a second. You know, he yeah. just like took his way out of it in a funny way. <laughs> oh, he's he's so. Ener- I wonder if he got snapped. Huh. That was another thing. Like, who in this movie do you think got snapped? Like, they didn't mention anyone disappearing. Yeah, this was actually probably one of the first properties that really didn't deal with the snap much at all. I they do mention it like immediately. Like they just say half the universe can disappear at any moment. Right, right. But they which, didn't. I don't know. That, that's a lot lighter of a touch then. Yeah. So when do you think this happens in the timeline then? Like how? So WandaVision happens like six weeks after Endgame or maybe even less than that. And then Falcon Winter Soldier, six months. Spider-Man Far From Home, I think it's eight months uh, after Endgame. So I think Far From Home is the farthest we've got from Endgame time-wise including this and no not including this. okay um, i mean this could kind of go anywhere so, i mean obviously it's post snap but it can kind of go like there's yeah. there's no event that we know of happening yet that this needs to happen before so and it doesn't interact true. with too many things until the post credit yes like if if also wong true. dies then we'll know that this all happened before <laughs> then <laughs> Yeah, we'll be able to pinpoint it a little yeah. better. Um, so I Trevor Slattery, like I, and also like the weird butt pig thing, whatever yeah. that was. No, I really liked like the that. the design of the Morris of the the myth animals. Yeah. Oh yeah, the myth myth animals were very cool. Um, yeah. God, there were so many really, really great. It reminds me there was a World of Warcraft expansion, Mists of Pandaria, that was. Uh, oh, the panda yeah. one. I think you were playing that when we met. I guess it was around then because I um, I'd quit World of Warcraft for a little while before that one because. Yes. It had kind of gone downhill. That one came out and it was a little fun again. It wasn't what it was, but like the theming was good enough that it was enjoyable. And also it had a really good score, but it reminded me of that because that's kind of like just an island in World of Warcraft that is all based on Chinese mythology. That is kind of like once you once you break through the maze in this and you get to that, mm. it, it very similar to Pandaria. Yes. Except for there's not pandas. <laughs> I didn't see any pandas, in fact. Which is actually I'm kind of surprising. Curious. You'd think there'd been something panda-based. You you'd think maybe they don't want that to be like a stereotype or whatever. Maybe. For I if that is a stereotype, I don't yeah. know. Um so yeah, Trevor Slattery in this movie. I honestly going into this movie, I I knew Ben Kingsley was in it cuz I did my research. Yeah. But I figured it would be the opening sequence cuz did you watch All Hail the yes, King? Yes, I did. Disney yeah. short. 
Okay, so that came out. That was filmed right around the time of Iron Man three, uh, and it's on the Thor Dark World Blu-ray, and I and it's nowhere else. You have to have the Blu-ray before they put it on Disney Plus. Like Weird. you can't get it anywhere else. I am surprised yes. it's that. Wait, when did that Blu-ray come out? So Thor the Dark World came out the same year as Iron Man 3, but it didn't... The, for some reason, that short film didn't come on the Iron Man 3 Blu-ray. It came on the Thor Dark World Blu-ray. Well, and this was 2013. So they've known about the Ten Rings that long? I mean, I, it, the Ten Rings it's are in, in the comics, I guess. The Ten Rings are in Iron Man 1. Like, when Tony is captured in the, in the cave, the whole Ten Rings logo is in the background. Oh. Ten Rings have been like a threat throughout this entire... Since movie one. <laughs> I mean, I've noticed. I mean, Hydra <laughs> seems uh, to be the bigger influence on the... Uh, yeah, but I mean, there's multiple terrorist organizations. Apparently. And Ten wow, Rings... Wow, the Marvel world is ten, rich with terrorists. <laughs> yes, there sure are a lot. And then um, even in Iron Man 2 or 3, there's a guy with a Ten Rings tattoo on his neck. Okay. Uh, if you Google like Marvel or MCU Ten Rings, it'll it'll pull up a video that shows all the references. Wow! And to think but, they're now totally gone. But wait. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, well, stick around for after the credits next yeah. time. Um, I don't know um, how much there is to say about the final fight. I'm not. I'm not done with Trevor Slattery. Okay. Yet. I thought Trevor Slattery was immediately at the beginning of the movie they were going to show how much of a badass this new villain was and he was just immediately going to execute Trevor Slattery. Yeah. And then that was the end. But instead, we get him to be the comic relief for the remainder of the again, film. Cuz again, somehow he talks his way talked his way out of it. And as soon as like I I thought like, oh, they're leaving him in the basement and then he opens the car door, he's like I get sick if I'm in the yeah. back. Like I'm like, "Oh, yes, <laughs> he's along for the ride." Um and then they go to Taolo, um, and they meet the family. There's, like, a training montage. And then this kind of reminded me of the last f- fight in Black Panther, just this massive fight with all these interesting warriors and a brand-new world kind of deal. Yeah, and I thought, like, the, the dragon-scale weapons and stuff were cool. Uh, yeah. There, I, I mean, I think there's, like, little, you know, character growth moments in the village where... Yeah. I don't know, I guess that's kind of a hero's journey thing. Is like you go into a new world, you acclimate to it, and then there's a bigger challenge, and then you return home different. Like, that's the whole thing. So they had, like, that little mm. acclimation moment where they arrive in this place, they learn about it, and they start to get along with people just in time for their dad to arrive and fuck shit up. Yes. And there wasn't really a falling action in this that I can think of, which was kind of a nice change of pace. Yeah, I guess. Did we see um, them return to San Francisco? Yes, yes, uh, yes. We saw them at dinner again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there's not... Like, the father and son fight, but then he immediately punches him into the water, and they get their grievances out, which I really liked. Like, you're a shitty father because X, Y, and Z. You're a shitty son because you watched your mother die, like kind yeah. of deal which I thought was nice. Uh, and then he ends up in the water, flows to the bottom, and the dragon picks him up, which originally I thought was Fing Fang Foom, which is uh, a dragon from... He's... Uh, who? He's like a Marvel villain dragon. Like, that's his huh. gimmick. Um, 
but he's a famous dragon. And he didn't really look like it, but I thought they were just kind of reinventing him. But they never said his name at any point. Yeah. Well, I really like the so, design of this dragon. Like, it was cool. And, I, yeah, I mean, who doesn't then, like a dragon fight? <laughs> sure. Oh, I, and this was such good CGI. This is, like, everything I wanted from the last season of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Which we need really not to go into. <laughs> <laughs> We've never talked about it on this podcast before. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the dragon fight was great. Uh, the soul sucker things were really cool. Um, also, what do you think uh, Razor Fist's relation to Taser Face is? Mm, yeah, they could be at the very least rhyme buddies. <laughs> I mean, not rhyming, I but I guess just fl- Taser Laser or what Razor, whatever. Yeah. They could hang out. <laughs> I, I I think that's just kind of like those characters. There's a couple of those in the MCU. That's just dumb characters with dumb names who are kind of like, yeah, we're really cool because of our dumb names. Yeah. I don't know. I, that seems like the kind of thing that they just set up enough of these. And then by the time you get to the next Infinity War, you have some yes. joke in the bag where for some reason, these you don't know which of them are going to run across each other, but some of them will. Yeah. And then you got a joke. <laughs> um so yeah this last fight sequence really great um the 10 rings again i really want to rewatch this in 3d and now that i have free movie tickets whenever i want i think i will um yeah uh i love the 10 rings as a weapon i like how the father gave them back to the son and their whole fight sequence was really good um yeah I, i i thought this was one of the better Marvel final battles. Yeah. So here's what I will say about okay. why I'm not going to give this. Cause so far we've kind of gushed over this movie, but you didn't yes. give it a six. So I, I'm going to first say six. why I think it's probably not like what the things that are keeping it from being great. I think some of the pacing after the scaffolding, but before we get to the city or even until we get to the okay. final battle, I don't know. Like it felt like kind of, mushy in there i i don't know like it just like them settling into the the city or the like you know the little town it just okay. kind of felt like there was i don't know if i would even call it like rushing or it's just like there's so much stuff they're trying to fit into this it's like well we had to get through some stuff real quick um and then the final fight while it was really good and while i you know like the dragon fight aspect of it Oh, so cool. It isn't as clean and clear as the bus fight and the scaffolding fight. I think the the Uh, closest you get to that is the father-son fight at the gate. But then once the gate breaks loose, it's kind of just like big chaos. And then, of course, like you have the battlefield stuff going on, which Marvel, I don't know. It's just the way Marvel movies work. They're not designed to film a battlefield of stuff happening, I feel like, because they're so individual driven. I mean, again, I, I think this is one of the, especially the, I mean, I love the fight choreography, but I guess there's less of that in the last battle. Yeah. So if you're really into the fight choreography, then I get how that might Well, where do you, you take off your bit. one point to? Aquafina's jokes. Okay. Um, and I don't know, like it's fun, but it's just like, if to really get a six, you need to kind of blow me away. Kind of like Civil War when, uh. Oh, what about so homecoming? Great moments. In Didn't Civil you, War. Did you give that homecoming's a five point okay. five? But why? Why not give this like that? What makes this worse than that to you? 
Homecoming again is just one of those movies like if, if like Iron Man talking to Spider Man, like that conversation, mm-hmm. that scene is one of my favorites in the MCU. The humor in that is um, also like dependable. Really it's good. always solid. I I I mean I I love the Ten Rings. I think honestly, so it's just the fact that this is kind of an origin movie, and origin movies in my eyes are not very, you know, they're they're definitely bottom. Well, you're a big universe half, guy. Usually. I love the universe. I love watching these people communicate. That's why Trevor Slattery gave this a whole bunch of bonus points. The Ten Rings were just awesome to watch in any fight sequence. I love that power. Um, I like the introduction of this like universe but as a whole like you know it's and i've watched it twice in a week i had a great time i'm not disputing that but uh you know it's it's definitely not perfect like it's no avengers one or civil war or infinity war or Endgame. yeah it's kind of hard but to put what movies put my are. finger on it but yeah like i i guess uh, it's that that gearing up for the final act feeling it's like you know like like sometimes when they were just you know going around the village that part or basically everything after that second scaffolding fight, you're just like, okay, now, now it's time. What time is it up? Yeah. We're about this far into the movie. We got to start gearing up for a big final showdown. And it's like, you know, it's going to be him and his dad, which is fine. Like, but it's also like, you just know it's coming. Also the gate. It's like in him trying to convince his dad not to do the gate. It's like, we know there's a dragon back there. That gate's coming down. There's nothing he can do to persuade you to not bring that gate down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that didn't, that didn't bother me. I honestly didn't know if they were going to get the gate open and then the soul suckers, like the little ones were going to be a threat. And then the end of the movie or like, like they would tease post credits, like that gate's open and that's why Shang-Chi has to come back and mm. in the sequel. But uh, that did not happen. They opened the gate, which I honestly did not see coming. Um, so that was not a problem for me. Uh, I think like just, I, I mean, I really, I'm confident I put it in the right place with 19 out of 28 just because I did enjoy, I had more fun watching this than guardians of the galaxy two, And really the only thing that movie has going for it on rewatch is that brandy moment. But all right, now I got to look at mine. Uh, I want to sort this by my rating, but I don't want to screw up this whole list. Maybe can you copy and paste it a little? Well, can lower? I make this? Can I? Uh, ch- ch- Are you ch- trying to re-rank right now? No, I want to make a new sheet and then just copy this into that sheet. Oh yeah, you can do do a new tab, do yeah. sheet two, like at the bottom. All right, and now I gotta sort. This is so. This is, now this is good listening. Listening to a guy yeah, sort his, love his this. spreadsheet. We well, hold on. We haven't even talked about the post credits. That's that's the biggest thing we got to talk. Okay, about. Okay. Well, you start talking about them while I do this, and then I will give my review. All right. Okay. Okay. Cool. So this movie ends where Wong shows up at the end of the movie and puts them in a portal. Uh, takes them to. I don't know. He's not in the Sanctum Sanctorum. So Wong, it seems like, is operating out of. Uh, where Doctor Strange went to. What is that place called uh, originally? Um, I guess I'm going to look up the uh, uh, (laughs) Doctor Strange plot right now. Not Kun Lun. That's where Iron Fist is from, and I don't know why I'm thinking of that right now. Um, Plot. uh, Stephen Strange, Astral Plane. uh, Kamartage. Huh, I don't... Um, that is so that's where Wong right, is. Right, right. Because Wong says 
Wong says, when you activated the rings, we felt them in Kamartage. And I don't know why he's there. Uh, this, yeah, okay. I was thinking, is there a way this took place before Doctor Strange? But no, because they mentioned the snap. Which I guess, wouldn't that just be crazy if they just predicted the snap and it hadn't <laughs> happened yet? Yeah. That would be pretty wacky. Um, that would be a strange way so, to have done it. It sure would. Um, I'm thinking uh, that Wong is just hanging out. Doctor Strange is at the Sanctum Sanctorum. I mean, they can teleport, so they can go wherever, whenever. Um, uh, so they are analyzing the rings, and apparently they are from another world far away. Um, and I'm reading an article right now about, uh, they said, oh, first of all, Bruce Banner, the Hulk is there and he's no longer professor Hulk. Yeah. He's still in his cast, but he is, he is resorted back to his human form. You think Hulk got scared after being hurt? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I know he's going to have an appearance in, um, she Hulk. I'm pretty sure he just, you know, that's just kind of what happened. He just reverted back to it. He can go back and forth, I think. But I don't think fear had anything to do with it. Wow. So if I give uh, this the same rating you gave it, it would make it yeah. my sixth favorite MCU film. See, these, this list is bonkers. We got to do a re-re-rank. Well, but I'm not sure that's... I mean, I'm, I'm looking at this list now, and I'm definitely going to give this uh, a four and a half. Because okay. that puts it on par with that. Black Panther, which is about what I feel is appropriate. And Doctor Strange. Okay. Which, again, like, I yeah. think that is. So that, that puts yeah. it in a group that is 6 through 10, which is now 6 okay. through 11. Wow, so this is in your top half. Yeah. Or top 10. Although we haven't put the TV shows in yeah. here yet, and you seemingly have loved Yeah, those were all, all pretty those. good. There's also some stuff that will um, drop out of this, though. Like, I, I have Captain Marvel as 4.5. I think I might change that to a 4. Oh, that, what did I give it? I gave Captain Marvel a 5.25. Yeah, that's about right. I like that rating for that. Um, but I'm also, some stuff is going to rise is the interesting part. I, I definitely think I have a recency bias for episodes uh, that came out while we were doing the podcast. I think those tend to have a slightly higher rating, partially just because they're better. I agree with that. In- Incredible Hulk certainly does not deserve a one. No, it'll, that's going to stay a one. <laughs> <laughs> so one yes rewatch it it's not that I'm bad never gonna rewatch it that's part it. of it you have to no that'll be <laughs> yeah it's great whenever the 10th anniversary of the first time i watched it is maybe then i'll do a rewatch we just gotta <laughs> figure out when that first episode came out um of wait our first episode what do you mean no the first hulk episode which would have been the third episode, I guess, of the series. We say that. Sorry, you cut off the first episode. The third of episode of the podcast would have been the Incredible <laughs> yeah. Hulk. So I want to do it 10 years yes. from then. <laughs> okay, so June 20, 2027. Yes. And we revisit the Incredible yeah. Hulk. I love that. <laughs> Let's make that happen. Maybe there'll um, be a new Hulk movie by then. I'm thinking it is a possibility. Yeah. Just, I mean, he's too good a character to I not guess use. there's a chance then, if there was going to be a new standalone Hulk movie, that I would rewatch The Incredible Hulk. Though, I don't know. Like, will that be... I guess it's canon. It has to be. 
It is canon, because Tony Stark shows up at the end and talks to Thunderbolt Ross, who is also a canon You know character. what I think they should do? I think they should deep fake Mark Ruffalo's face onto Edward Norton. And redo and that re-release entire movie? it. Is that the only thing keeping you from rewatching it? I do hate that he got recast. It's not, I mean, like, I also hate that they did that with War Machine, but... Yeah, he doesn't have a standalone. Don, we've seen more Don Cheadle. Yeah, at this oh, Don point. Cheadle has played. I mean, but we also see more Mark Ruffalo. But that's the thing is that going back yeah. to Iron Man one, you're not going back to War Machine one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess since he is the center, I, I don't know. Yeah, that I, I just I literally just watched it two nights ago. It's not that bad. It's garbage. <laughs> it is funny because during the Avengers episode of the podcast, you said. Halfway through the movie, Avengers, uh, you're like, I might have to quit this podcast. <laughs> uh, and um, in, I've just, I just uh, averaged your phase one rankings yeah. and you give all of the, on average, you give phase one a 2.41. Yeah. No, I wasn't having a good time. <laughs> That's so low. That's crazy. That's re-rank too. I know. That's so much worse. Yeah. Although you said you said that because you gave First Avenger two point five, and I feel like now you'd boost that up. A yeah, bit. I'd get. I'd probably boost. I'm. Uh. Yeah. I don't know. I probably wouldn't give Thor less than it has now, but it is pretty weak. Thor has a two point five. Yeah, it's hard to drop a two point five. Too much. <laughs> Iron Man two that is probably yeah. going to stay where it is. I don't remember very many redeeming things about that. Uh, I mean, Elon Musk cameo. Ooh, that's not helping it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's fine. I like it's it's all good. And you get um, what's his? You get Roger from Mad Men, first appearance. Yeah, so I think my phase two is really what's going to get a little bit of a bump here because I think Iron Man three and Thor Dark World are going to get a little bump. Yeah, and already Guardians of the Galaxy is a five which is pretty much one of your highest ratings that you give. I, I've given 5.5s. Yeah, but a guardi- still, having a 5 is going to boost a phase pretty yeah. well. Um, so, before we... Do you want to rate it and then talk about yeah, post-credits? Yeah, so finally, my rating for this one is going to be a 4.5. People at the table, you also need to do this, is uh, oh, yes. uh, Shang-Chi... Okay. Doctor Strange. Welcome. Welcome to the Black table. Black Panther. Okay. Thor. Okay. And uh, Bruce Banner. Because he's got to okay. be there. I, I'm doing Little Ant-Man, Bruce Banner, because uh, they have to be there. Um, Wong, because he's my VIP of this movie. Shang-Chi, welcome to the family, buddy. Uh, and... Two more Avengers. Trevor Slattery. I feel He's like we got to make him an honorary Avenger, right? <laughs> no. no? All right. Then I'll put Iron Man there. Can we still do Iron Man? Yeah. Even though he's dead? Did we discuss? Okay. Then Iron Man's going to be there because he introduced us to Trevor Slattery. Uh, and I will put, I guess, Doctor Strange just because uh, I'm really stoked for the No Way Home movie. And he's going to be in it. I don't even know if Spider-Man's going to be in it. Who cares? Um, all right. So post-credit scene. Carol Danvers and uh, Mark Ruffalo, Bruce Banner himself, are hanging out in Carmitage. Yes. Um, with Wong and Shang-Chi and Katie are also there. Uh, and it's interesting that 
uh, Wong was like, Katie, you come too. I guess she did kill the dragon with the arrow, but like, does she's not super powered, right? She can drive really well. Yeah. So she's she gonna doesn't be have like superpowers. She gonna be like the Avengers driver. It's kind of like if if uh, Peter Parker brought Ned with him to an Avengers. Yeah. Meeting. Like, would they invite Ned to the Carmitage? Yeah. I guess there but are. What was he gonna do? Leave her there at the restaurant? Be like, sorry, I know we went on the adventure, but you don't get to come now. Uh, I mean, if if Wong was like, "Yo, you come with me," I would. Yeah, obviously, that's what you do. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm so cu- curious why Abomination is there. Anyway, the rings are putting out a beacon to deep space, um, and I'm reading now in the comics, which I don't think this is how this is gonna go down. The uh. Beacon calls out to a space dragon known as Fin Fang Foom. Okay. Who is, uh, I, they probably won't do that. But it can Pop- still be a similar thing where it calls out to some villain. Yeah, no, it's definitely calling out to someone, but what do you do? Uh, a whole bunch of people are speculating it's Kang the Conqueror. Of but, course. I mean, uh, that's the easiest thing to assume. It seems too it easy. Is. That yeah. seems... And also, is he really in space? He's in, like, another dimension. And yeah, I, I feel like that could just be... I mean, they can do whatever they want with it because it's pretty open-ended. Yeah. But yes. I, if I was them, what I would use that for is kind of a, oh, you thought this would be an Avengers thing, but really this is just a Shang-Chi thing. And this is mm. just this is just going to be his next villain coming this way. But maybe no. it's just a way to incorporate... Or, or it's like a uh, Age of Ultron-style villain rather than a Kang-style villain. Okay. Like, like a, a one-movie well, one honestly... villain rather than a multi-movie villain. I honestly think that this... Uh, these rings are, and this conflict in this post-credit scene is setting up the next Avengers movie. And I don't know when that will be, probably three years or whatever. But you d- it's probably not going to be, it's not going to be like a Thanos-style Avengers no, movie. No, no, no. No, it, it would be like, yeah, you're right. Like it's going to be like a one-off. An Ultron or a Loki, yes, but it would still be like, I mean, if you do new Avengers or young Avengers, whichever the plan, I don't know what the plan for that is to be released but uh yeah you gotta have i don't kang so and i'm pretty sure they mentioned that it's like calling out like through the galaxy or whatever there's also my favorite theory which i don't know if they're gonna pull this off is their secret they're setting up secret wars which is a very famous and high one of the highest sold marvel comics in uh the 80s was when a character named the Beyonder kidnapped Earth heroes and villains and took them to a planet far away in the galaxy and forced uh, all of them to fight each other for superiority. That seems kind of like Ragnarok. Yeah, a little bit, except Ragnarok was kind of supposed to be World War Hulk. Yeah. And this is this is like the Fantastic Four show up, the X-Men show up, the Avengers show up. I feel like it's up. a little too quick after Ragnarok to do that. Well, I, again, this movie will not be coming out for three years at the earliest, so we get 2024 at the soonest, and that is going to be seven years after Ragnarok. Yeah, that's pretty long, I guess. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Also, like, that's a big, big movie and a lot of setup. That is basically, like, another Infinity War or Endgame status mm-hmm. film. So maybe wait. they wait ten years to do something like that. Right. But yeah, I don't know about Fin Fang Foom being the, the thing that it's calling out to. But uh, Kang also, like, I feel like his whole thing is he lives in multiple dimensions. Yeah. Although, well, 
No, because that also wouldn't work. It shouldn't be Kang because they mention in Loki that he is from like the year 5100 or whatever. Yeah. And then he goes back in time and he travels through time and dimensions to kind of figure that stuff out. So I don't think it's going to be Kang. I don't think that it's calling out to Kang. And I don't think it's going to be the space dragon. So I don't know. But yeah, I have no idea. There's they, I mean, there's gener- there's just not enough information, which is the point of why these get so much good online speculation. I'm, oh, it's because oh they just boy, don't do give they. you. Um, I'm so excited. The second post credit scene is a lot more concrete. We know that the Ten Rings is still yes. going to go on, and sisters in charge. Yes, which I am. Imagine like her squad fight coming up against the Dormilash. Yeah, like how epic would that be? Yeah, I guess that's really if they if they set up the plot of Shang Chi two, it was that. Yeah, well, I figured... No, maybe not him bringing do... down his sister, but at least there's going to be some conflict there. Yeah, I think they would do more of like a Doctor Strange, Baron Mordo villain, where they set up the arch-villain of the trilogy in mm-hmm. the first movie. And then, if they do a trilogy of Shang-Chi, it would be him versus his sister, the, thir- the third movie. Right. Uh, I so, hope they yeah. do do a trilogy of this. I, I would definitely watch a trilogy. This, I, I uh, like the good old-fashioned trilogies. They, I feel like it's been a while since we've had that. Like I mean, like Iron Man 3. Yeah. I mean, Civil War technically was the end of a trilogy, yeah. but it doesn't really... No, f- Ragnarok was also the end of a trilogy. Ragnarok really didn't feel like... That felt like a soft reboot almost, more than it felt <laughs> but like the end of a trilogy. It ended. it ended like... The whole, I love the ending of Ragnarok because the whole time he's struggling to like, should I be king? He's like, I don't want the throne. And then the end he becomes king of, he's not king of a place, he's king of a people. Right. And they really tied that together well. And him and Loki's relationship is resolved at the end, which I think is great. It still doesn't, I don't know, it it doesn't quite feel like a, it's just not cohesive enough to be a trilogy. Yes, the story ends in three, but it's like, I don't know. It, it, You're just just because two movies are significantly worse than the third one. I don't think that makes it any less of a trilogy. Yeah. Well, in any case, I want to see a good clean trilogy. A clean trilogy. Well, I mean, speaking of which, let's talk about the trailer for Far From Home. Or yeah, whatever third, that was. Yeah, the third, the newest trilogy. The third. This movie's gonna be bonkers. Yeah. Okay. So here's my thing: watching the trailer. All right. It looked a little bit overfilled to me. Maybe they'll they'll sort it out, but I was just like, this is a lot. This is a lot oh. to be in one movie. It's going to be like an Avengers movie. Like, think of all of the things. And they didn't even show Matt Murdock and the other Spider-Men. Yeah. Oh, boy. And it's also, the runtime is two and a half hours. Man. Oh, I love it. I want, make it three. Make it four. I don't care. I care. <laughs> oh, but come on. This is your boy, Spider-Man. Yeah. No, he is, he is one of my favorites, but come on. Also, a lot of people were complaining, like, Doctor Strange would never do anything this irresponsible with a spell. And I'm like, what, have you seen the movie? Like, he literally is driving while trying to figure out how to operate on a super rare surgery. He's, like, super <laughs> arrogant. Yeah. He thinks he's the best. Of course that's something he would do. Huh. Yeah. Um, I mean, I... And then I'll... Dr. Octopus at the end, like, Alfred Molina, and he looks just like comic book dr octopus mm-hmm. instead of raimi dr Oct- like he has the for the frizzy curly hair and it's short yeah. uh, i i loved that and then you get if you look very closely and rewatch the trailer 10 times like i did you get five out of the six sinister six members hmm. well i guess i'll cool. have to go see this movie uh <laughs> <laughs> i mean i can't imagine why you wouldn't be more excited for it 
All right. Well, I think this that'll wrap us up then. All right. We've talked uh, about all the Marvel talk. So, yeah, uh, we've hit all the talking points. Uh, I guess next we meet is Eternals. Well, I um, think we'll do the re-rank before then. Oh, you want to do a re-rank in October re-rank? Yes, just because I don't, I mean, I feel like we have some downtime, so we might as well. That's true. I guess we might as well knock it out. And then uh, also to look forward to this year, we have uh, a Christmas episode coming up in a couple months, as well as the second annual Marvel Sucks versus No It Doesies. Wow. I know, after a year hiatus because of COVID, because <laughs> of no content being released. Yeah. Um, and who, who, who's your pick for the No It Doesies so far? So we got Black Widow, Shang-Chi, and all the TV series? Yes, I think we'll do TV series. We'll compete in a separate category against movies. Unless, do you think we should put them all against each other? Or I don't know. I'm thinking best show, best yeah. actor in a show, best actor in a movie kind of deal. Yeah, so for the shows, obviously strong favorite WandaVision, I think. Yeah. Do you think the people will see it like that? I don't Cause know. Because this, this is a ranking or a, an award show for the people. Right. People's Choice Awards. People's. <laughs> your last name is People's. <laughs> I know. That's why it's not a trademark is because we spell it my way. <laughs> we should do that. I'm going to, we'll say People's Choice. The Know It Doesies, the People's yeah, Choice the know Awards. Yeah, the Know It Doesies People's Choice. <laughs> know It Doesies presents the People's Choice Awards. <laughs> Uh, uh, but I, and so far for me, definitely this is better than Black Widow. Will it be better than Eternals? Hard to say. Yeah. Um, and also knock on wood, there is the, uh, menacing threat of perhaps those movies being postponed. And these are the only two we get this year. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I suspect this movie will end up doing pretty good. Cause it's like, I feel like this will bring in more people who are just like, oh yeah, I saw that. That's good. You should go see it. I think Black Widow I did. think we definitely get Eternals, but it's the Sony thing is so complex because, I mean, Marvel gets twenty five percent of the box office from this Spider Man movie, and Sony gets the rest. And Sony's going to be like, "Hey, let's push it back a year so we make yeah. more money for doing very little." Yeah. And Disney's like, "Fuck you! We need this movie to come out, or else we can't put out the next five next year on time." Yeah. Uh, so that is a very interesting pickle. Wow. Uh, Isn't it that, fun that the way the in. law and art intersect? <laughs> oh, I wouldn't call it fun. Yeah. But and the other factor too is like Spider-Man Far From or No Way Home has potential to be a like 1.5 billion dollar movie if this wasn't COVID times. Yeah. Worldwide 1.5 billion. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's Black Widow with Disney Plus made like 550 million which is, I think, the lowest since The Incredible Hulk. Wow. Um, yeah, and then this, I'm curious how this does, especially since it is banned in China at the moment. Yeah. That is going to hurt the box office a little bit. But uh, fingers crossed, those episodes are coming. We will also, we have a Hawkeye TV show uh, in November, I think. Yeah. And, oh, they're doing that Peter Jackson. Did we talk about the Peter Jackson Beatles thing? We, that's not Marvel. We can't we can't stick this in here. No, no, no. But we should just like do an episode. When does it? On when that. does it like, happen? Oh, man. When does it come out? It's that is Thanksgiving weekend. It's okay. so get this. It was supposed to be a movie that was supposed to come out on my birthday, yeah. and then Peter Jackson is like, I'm gonna turn it into three two hour episodes and put them on Disney Plus. Yeah. 
And I'm like, oh, great. When's the last time you turned one thing into three and it sucked? Well, it's the Beatles. How bad could it get? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, oh, but it probably could have been like the perfect yeah. three-hour movie. But yeah, it's it'll be fine. It'll I'm oh we're gonna have so much fun watching that and discussing that on a Marvel themed yeah. podcast. I'm curious just how they wait. how likable they come off in uh, behind well, the in, scenes footage. In the five minute trailer, they all look really happy. Yeah, well, and I think uh, it's a little bit humanizing because it's, it's it's with John Lennon especially. I feel like his legacy is kind of fraught, especially right now. Sure. I feel like I hear more negative things about John Lennon. Because of the complicated parts of his personality. Yes. Then yeah. the John Lennon that he aspired to be, which is in songs like Imagine. Like, like, and yeah. I, I definitely don't think you should discredit the bad things that he did. But, but it, he's also, he's not solely that person anyway. No. I'm not going to stop listening to John Lennon. No. Uh, he's too good. All right. I've been joined Peoples and Marvelous Sucked. <laughs> I'm Cade Weiberg. It still doesn't.